When I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I'm Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Rude. Uh, first off, we want to wish you a very happy holidays, Jacob. I know it was a nice little Christmas weekend for us. Uh, highlighted, question mark, by the Lakers playing the Nets. Was not pretty t- uh, to start. Was not pretty to end. Uh because of the score otherwise a fine game before that though before the game before all that stuff how how was your weekend it was nice it was uh it was nice to have family around again unlike last year couldn't really do that um it was nice to relax I did. I'll, I'll be honest. I did not watch the Laker game on Christmas night. I recorded it and watched it on Sunday afternoon. Um, I just kind of. It was nice to just kind of shut off and get away from stuff for a couple of days and and uh, re-energize. But uh, it was a it was a fun game. Speaking about the Lakers, um, it was. <laughs> To, to come back twice from basically 20-point deficits in the same game is odd and also incredibly on-brand for this Lakers team this year. You know, it's funny. I feel like this year, especially when I'm live-tweeting Lakers games, which I did not as much last year, um, but this year I've been live-tweeting games a little bit more, and they just like – to make my takes look bad for, I don't know, 15 minutes, and then they're fine again. Like, halfway through that game, I said the 2000 – God, what was it? The 2013-14 Lakers put up a better fight against LeBron James and the Heatles on Christmas Day. I remember I remember that game oh, like it was yesterday. Nick the Nick Young, Young game? <laughs> going I didn't know where you were going LeBron with James. that. But, yeah, I, I remember the Nick Young game is all you had to say. <laughs> and then, like, I think it ended up being a six-point game. Uh, the Lakers and Nets game ended as a seven-point game, so not too far off. But um, it definitely felt like that, that game in particular that I was referencing, a team that had no business being in that game, just playing up to their opponent because it was Christmas day. The Lakers, uh, when you look at the guys that they had available and the guys that they played, uh, you could argue that they had no business being there either. Darren Collison has not played a minute in the NBA since God, what the 2019, 20 season. If that, I it was not that season. It was 2018-19. His last game before uh Saturday was April 10th of 2019. So about 2 years and 8 months or so. <laughs> and Stanley Johnson's most recent team was uh I guess the Chicago Bulls, but prior to that the South Bay Lakers. I don't think he played a minute for the Bulls though. Um so again Lakers are very shorthanded. Uh, Darren Collison got some playing time. Stanley Johnson got some playing time. And uh, 
Isaiah Thomas was a DNP on what ended up being the final day of his 10-day contract. Uh, we'll get into all of that. We'll start off with the game uh, because that's in order of things that happened. That's what happened first. And specifically, I want to talk about your impressions of Darren Collison and Stanley Johnson. Yeah, I, I tweeted. Uh, I was live tweeting the game on Sunday, just some observations I had. And I tweeted, um, I'm still only in the first half, but Darren Collison fits this team so much better than Isaiah Thomas or Rajon Rondo, for that matter. Now, <laughs> I had about two or three people immediately tell me, uh, well, just wait, because obviously the end of the first half, he essentially gave up seven points uh, with a couple fouls or a foul on a three-pointer and a foul on a jump shooter. Um, he's rusty as hell. He looked like somebody who hasn't played basketball in almost three years, but just some of the things he was doing made a lot more sense to this team than Isaiah, than uh, Rondo. Um, I don't know. It, it was just kind of a, a way he was playing on the court that made a lot of sense. You could see why the Lakers wanted him so badly uh, for so many, so many times, so many attempts to try to get him to come to LA so many free dinners at Staples or excuse me, so many free dinners at crypto.com arena now. Well, yeah, <laughs> at the time they were free dinners at Staples. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so many free dinners there. And again, I say that about a guy who was, 0 for 3 in 12 minutes, had two rebounds and an assist, um, and had three fouls. I understand all that, but I can see something there, and the problem might be that it might take more than 10 days to shake off the rust of three years sitting on the sideline. Uh, so we will see how the situation unfolds. One of the stars of the game, though, honestly, for the Lakers was Stanley Johnson, I thought. He was absolutely remarkable. I feel vindicated for all of my draft takes I had about Stanley Johnson that looked like they had aged so badly because he looked awesome uh, on Saturday. Uh, I wanted the Lakers to take him in 2015. Um well, maybe not take him at number two, but I wanted him to be a Laker and I was really mm -hmm. high on him. Um, <laughs> I thought I was having to eat crow on that again. It's one game. Maybe I still eat crow, but uh, he, I tweeted this during the second half. Is he already the Lakers best perimeter defender? I think if he sticks around, he'll be the best the lakers best perimeter defender who is also consistent because i think lebron james when the playoffs come around he'll probably be the lakers best like one through five defender but to your point and to my point about lebron being a one through five defender i think stanley johnson moves his feet well enough to defend guards and is strong enough to defend like three through five which is really good and you know Pete Zayas, Laker Film Room, tweeted, uh, it was either the night of the game or, or, or the next day, that Stanley Johnson 
just stands out as much as he does because he's really, really, really trying on the defensive end. And uh, honestly, ex- with, the, with the exception of a few stretches, that's not just that's not something you see from Lakers players this season, but especially not the players that are healthy right now. Like, I think in terms of just showing effort on the de- defensive end, not not even from like a skill standpoint, but I think somebody that really takes pride in playing defense, the only one that comes close on the Lakers roster is Anthony Davis followed by like Avery Bradley, I guess. Uh, but as you can see, just naming those two guys, the, <laughs> there's a hard fall off on the list and uh, an even harder fall off when it comes to cons- consistency. So I agree. Um and it's, it's really interesting when you look at the cases of Darren Collison and Stanley Johnson. In Darren Collison's case, I think the least he has to do is be better than Avery Bradley. And, you know, time will tell if that's possible in a 10-day window. I think given a little more time, he'd probably be just as good as Avery Bradley, if not better on offense. Um but, I mean, that being said, it, it's still a really, like, crowded backcourt rotation. And, you know, if the Lakers don't see that as the qualifier for making the roster because they're really high on Avery Bradley or to see him as invaluable, then, you know, that conversation of who he has to be better than becomes a lot more difficult for a guy who's been out of the league, you know, two, three years. Stanley Johnson's a different case. Stanley Johnson has to be like God better than Carmelo Anthony defensively, I guess as good as Trevor Ariza defensively winning a spot as a wing on this roster, I think is a lot easier than, than making a case as a guard. As we saw with Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas's first two games with the Lakers, I thought were pretty good. And then, you know, fast forward the last two games he had, he looked awful. And, uh, you know, they bring in Darren Collison. Darren Collison gets another shot at cracking crack, cracking that roster and getting potentially a second 10-day by the time his 10-day uh, expires because I forget the exact date. I want to say... January 5th. I was okay. looking it up while you were talking. <laughs> uh by January 5th, the Lakers can sign standard 10-day contracts, uh, offer that second 10-day contract. So long as they have an open roster spot, we'll see about that. Uh, but there is a lot of movement on the Lakers roster right now. Uh, a lot of players that have gone in and out. We're, I mean, we haven't even talked about Jamario Jones or you know the looks that Shondi Brown got with the first team. Again, a lot of bodies that have circled in and out of the Lakers roster. Right now, I think you'd be hard-pressed to say that anybody has looked more like they belong with this team than Stanley Johnson right now. Yeah, I was just going to say, Fizdale had an interesting quote. We haven't even talked about the fact that he's the head coach right now. Um, Fizdale had an interesting quote after that Chicago game um, where – the Lakers got absolutely destroyed on the boards. Um, 
I believe it was the next day he had the quote. Basically, this Lakers team lacks guys that will do the dirty work. They they have a lot of names, your Carmelos, your um, Dwight Howards, all these guys who are stars on other teams. And while it is tough and whatnot for them to just accept a reduced role, it's far tougher to get them to do all this dirty work because um, when where they were at, there was just other people that would do that. And all those guys coming together in Los Angeles means somebody has to do that. And when I was writing about it, I said, that's, I think, a big reason why Austin Reeves sticks out so much on this team is because he'll do whatever is needed. I think that's why Stanley Johnson sticks out so much on this team, because especially defensively, he was all up in James Harden, Um, especially in that big run in the second half. I think it was pretty clear the Nets ran out of gas. (laughs) They look like a team who'd had however many days off because of their COVID outbreak. Um, James Harden looked like a guy in that fourth quarter who was gassed and but even then, it was also because Stanley Johnson was making him work for everything um, through most of the game. And the fact that Stanley Johnson can come in, he had he was in COVID protocols too. Like this is he was at South Bay. You mentioned he went to Chicago as a replacement player and then got or was put in health and safety protocols. Never played a game in Chicago. Never his ten day ended and he just came back to the Lakers and was signed. Um, so this is a guy who hasn't, I mean, he hasn't played an NBA game in since last season in Toronto. Uh, so the fact that he was able to come in and make this impact, uh, his last game before yesterday was May 16th. Um, and the fact that he was able to come in, make this impact, it's a testament to him uh, and just the level of preparedness. I mean, he's new to the Lakers. He wasn't new to facing James Harden and things like that, which was his primary task on the night. Uh, but it's a testament to to the hard work. He's still – Do you? I mean, they mentioned it on the uh, during the game. Do you know how old Stanley Johnson is? Uh, 26, 25 years old. Oh, okay. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> yeah and the, the fact he's been in the league for as long as he has bounced around as much as he has, um, he, he has a lot of experience, but he's still just 25. So I was really impressed. I don't think he needs to be better than Carmelo Anthony. I think he needs to be better than Kent Bazemore. Yeah, that's a really low bar right now because Kent Bazemore is getting DNP CDs when they are begging for anybody that isn't six foot tall to to get minutes. So um, you mentioned there's maneuvering and there's kind of a revolving door with the roster right now. I think that um, we could I think it's pretty plausible with. Um, Darren Collison that um, I was trying to look when Avery Bradley's contract guarantees 
uh, I could see them waving Avery Bradley and keeping Collison around on a second 10 day because this 10 day will be up right about the time he could sign a regular one. He could still sign potentially a hardship waiver one, but I could see him sticking around on some 10 days and Avery Bradley being let go. And then this is Stanley Johnson is just, this has been just one game, but he did so much more, especially defensively than Kent Bazemore has done all season. And if he's able to play at this level and just be a pest, be a wing that this team desperately needs. I think it's also very plausible that he gets a spot at the cost of Bazemore. Maybe they waive DeAndre Jordan, possibly. They seem fully, fully committed to this LeBron at center thing, even with Dwight healthy, um, even with DeAndre healthy. So maybe they can waive DeAndre. That's putting you pretty thin there. But regardless, again, I'm trying not to um, get too excited, but this team just so badly needs wings. And that I, that's been the frustrating thing is everybody has been shouting that from the rooftop all season that they needed James Ennis. They needed somebody and it just looks so much better. Even when the games that Ariza was out there, everything just looks so much better when you surround LeBron with a couple three and D guys and guards, instead of putting him mellow and three combo guards out there. Uh, so <clears throat> I could see a path where both of them uh, are on the roster past their current 10 day contracts, but I could, I think Stanley Johnson, he just makes sense for what this team needs. The fact that they brought him into the South Bay Lakers also means that he probably has some suitors in the front office too. Yeah, that is an excellent point that I thought about as you were speaking. But them bringing him in at the point of the season they did suggests that there's been some level of interest there uh, dating back to free agency. And to my surprise, the same was confirmed by Alvin or by uh, David Fisdale uh, during his pregame for the Christmas Day game uh, when he was talking about how good Darren Collison looked during the summer and how they gave him a serious look to make that at least the training camp roster, uh, which is funny because Isaiah Thomas had said, had Rondo not been made available and he was that he likely would have been a Laker too. So these are all guys that they've been looking at and, you know, due to unfortunate circumstances, they're getting the opportunity to look at them now. I, huh. It's interesting when you bring in a guy like Stanley Johnson and he changes the complexion of the team so much, because I think Lakers fans as a whole have looked at the trade deadline or, you know, this roster spot that may or may not be open by Avery Bradley being waived as sort of the saving grace, the post deadline, the post trade deadline buyout market has been thrown a lot, thrown around a lot. Um, And while I do think they should go without saying that a guy like Thaddeus young or, you know, it doesn't make much sense now. Uh, but at the beginning of the season, it was Kevin Love that 
you know, the name that was thrown around. Kevin Love's not leaving Cleveland. Cleveland is in a better position than the Lakers are right now. Who, I was, yeah, and I, yeah, I was actually watching the day they beat the hell out of a really shorthanded Raptors team, but Kevin Love played well in that team or in that game too. Who, yeah, who would have thought? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love tearing up the Raptors in uh, one of the final days of 2021. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, the Timberwolves fans must be in shambles. <laughs> they that was their core for quite a while. Um, but and again, it's totally possible that the Lakers do get a difference maker in the post trade deadline buyout market. It happened with Marquise Morris, and you know he played a pivotal part in the Lakers championship run, especially in that Miami series. Um, has not played since the Jokic incident. By the way, I think that's awful. Um, I'm not going to go off on, on that tangent. Um, my point is it, I don't think I'd like it to be a Thaddeus young or, uh, an Eric Gordon again, pipe dream, uh, in terms of Eric Gordon. But, um, I also think it could be, you know, a Stanley Johnson or, you know, somebody like him who is just willing to do the dirty work and specifically I'd love to see that from a center. Cause one of the most disheartening things through this health and sa- safety protocols era of the Lakers, uh, which is what I'm choosing to refer to it as when I look back on this, this awful time, um, the Lakers are so depleted and the two centers that they have guaranteed roster spots, Cannot see the floor. Dwight Howard against the Nets played six minutes and 11 seconds. DeAndre Jordan was a DNP. And that's not me clamoring for David Fisdale or Frank Vogel to play DeAndre Jordan more. It's more of a, if they're so bad or maybe just such a bad fit with this team that they can't get playing time over 10 day guys. Why are they on the roster? Pete had a we're just going to reference him a bunch today uh, on that pot on his podcast. He had a, a saying that I believe he was talking about Jay Huff, but uh, it applies on this as well. When it's all hands on deck and they don't ask for your hand, that's pretty telling because, as you said, this team is massively depleted and they're not even asking DeAndre Jordan or. Um, they were barely asking Dwight granted Brooklyn played crazy small most of that game and the Lakers were able to just kind of match that. Um, I think that's mostly why Dwight didn't play, but even still, like he just isn't playing as much as he has in the past. And um, <laughs> there were a couple times in that, uh, game on Friday uh, or on Thursday, I believe, against the Spurs, where uh, LeBron certainly did not look happy with Dwight Howard. Uh, it's it's interesting that this team never really even attempted to sign a center um, during all of this. It's all been perimeter players. I understand that. What I mean, the fact that we're this deep into the podcast and haven't even mentioned LeBron's superhuman effort on Saturday and just in this 
what do you call it? Health and safety protocol era. Um, he's been incredible. He's been doing a lot of it at center, a, a lot, a lot of it at center, really since AD went down. And I, it's it's interesting. I've been having the debate because uh, on one hand, kind of on paper, playing at center would be more taxing. But the way LeBron plays it. Um, he, I don't know that necessarily is, and it actually opens things up a lot for him. And also just in general, like his usage is down and it was down even before he really started doing a lot of this center stuff. He's doing a lot more stuff off the ball, uh, especially Saturday. There was as many cuts and uh, pick and rolls and dives to the rim that I can ever remember from LeBron in a singular game. Uh, it's, I mean, when you acquire Russ, like that better be a really big part of, of what you're able to do. And that has been, um, but it's interesting because there's been a lot of talk. His minutes are up, but his usage rate is down. It's at the lowest it's been since his, uh, second season in the league. Um, and it's almost lower than that at this point, it's only going down right now. And, so it's kind of this balance to where he is playing more minutes, but he's not asked to do as much, which I imagine is wait, I should rephrase that. He's not asked to create as much, which I imagine is less kind of exhausting for him. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the fact that he's doing all this at center while Dwight and DeAndre are both healthy and they're just not in the rotation. Like, basically, at this point, if you're getting DNP CDs, I think the writing's on the wall. Yeah. And so you have you have Rondo, you have IT, we're going to talk about here in a minute, DeAndre, and then it's two-way and 10-day guys, Jay Huff, Jamario Jones, Mason Jones. So if you're not getting uh, playing time right now, then I think the message is kind of sent. And Jamario Jones he's a fun story. I really wanted him to get playing time, but he has pretty hard limitations on what he can do. Uh, and the Lakers were able to bring in Stanley Johnson and get a couple guys back from health and safety protocols that makes more sense to play them. But, um, I, that's why when we're thinking of Stanley Johnson and who he needs to be better than, I would not be surprised if they cut Deandre Jordan to sign him because, they seem fully out on DeAndre Jordan and there's not really a need to have yet another veteran taking up a spot at the end of the bench, because I would be surprised if Rondo's cut, even though he's entering health and safety protocols and whatnot right now. I, the team seems to like him. LeBron seems to like him. So you only really need one of those guys. He seems to have taken the Jared Dudley role. Uh, So I wouldn't be surprised if DeAndre's cut for Stanley Johnson. It's interesting because for all of the reasons you mentioned and that we've mentioned the last week, it is really hard to take anything this team does right now at more than face value because it is what it is. These are 10 day guys fighting for their places in the NBA and immediately uh, except for, again, in the case of Isaiah Thomas, who had a pretty good start to his 10-day 
career with the Lakers. Um, but I mean, after that, it's pretty obvious why he's not in the league anymore. Um, and that's the case for a lot of these guys. Darren Collison, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt because, again, it has been a very long time since he's been in the NBA. Um, but the the only thing that gives me pause from saying we can't talk about this team at all or, like, don't don't worry about anything this team is doing right now is, one, the regular season hasn't stopped. These are not exhibition games. You have to make mm-hmm. the playoffs and win games to get to the playoffs right now. Lakers are slotted to make the play-in tournament. Do I think that'll be the case when Anthony Davis returns? No. Do I think the roster will look a lot different by the time Anthony Davis returns? Yeah. Yes. Um, but I think the reason why I'm not willing to say that these types of performances from Stanley Johnson, or if we get more 10 day guys that, you know, just jump off of the page, I think it says two things. One, the types of guys that the Lakers need at this point of the season are the guys just clearly that aren't afraid to do the dirty work and don't mind doing the dirty work. Yep. The other thing is if these guys are standing out on the roster as much as they are and becoming fan favorites immediately, what does it say about the guys at the end of the bench? And I think those two things more than anything should be looked at during this time without AD or, or during this time where players are going to be going presumably in and out of protocols is what are these guys doing that everybody else on the roster is not? And, you know, if that's playing defense hard or, you know, cutting to the basket, sharing the ball, whatever the case is, you look at that and you go, you do one of two things. You go, okay, well, you seem to be doing it pretty well. You're the guy, or let's get a guy like that. I don't think the response to just how awful the Lakers have looked with so many guys out and the fact that they can't turn to Kent Bazemore or DeAndre Jordan or Rajon Rondo, I don't think the response will be, well, when when we're fully healthy, I think, those will not be problems because as we've seen last postseason and this season, especially there is no guarantee that any team will be healthy at any point of the season. And for that reason, I think there will be a, uh, maybe not a harsh reaction, but I do think there will be reactionary moves made to the just really disheartening uh, performances and, uh, choices made by the coaching staff again through no fault of their own. I'm not asking anybody to play DeAndre Jordan. I was asking Frank Vogel to give Kent Bays more another shot, and then it happened. And I was like, you know what, Frank, you may be onto something here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I am. It's not the most fun time to be a Lakers fan, but I do think it is an opportunity for growth and to learn a lot of things about the type of guys that they have on this team. Uh, Lakers made their first cut, I guess, to the roster. If you want to say that uh, by not re-signing Isaiah Thomas, he will be far from the last person to not 
get the final rose from Rob Palenka. I imagine uh, Jamario Jones will also be sent back to, uh, God, was it the Bucks G League affiliate? I don't know. It was the Wisconsin Herd. Uh, and then, you know, maybe Darren, Darren Collison makes the roster. But again, these are all guys not just fighting for a spot in this Lakers team, but fighting for a spot in the NBA. So it's rough out there. Uh, and it's, you know, it's not looking like it's getting any easier. Greg Monroe signed an NBA contract today. You want to play uh, the how old is he game? Greg Monroe's oh, I, 31 years old. Oh, my God. I would have done at least five years more than that. Um, <laughs> it, it's interesting. Well, first, I want to pat myself on the back because two of the first names I mentioned last week when we were talking about replacement guys were Jamario Jones and Mason Jones. And those are the wow. first two guys. You deserve those it. are the first two guys signed. Uh, I do agree that right now you can't really look big picture at the Lakers. But you can look at the areas they're finding success and why. Like, for example, the team's been really good with LeBron at center. Why has that been the case? Well, you've had Trevor Reza available. You've had um, Stanley Johnson out there. You've had these types of wings that you can put around LeBron. So maybe that's where they need to go and sacrifice some of the guards to go sign some wings, whether it is Stanley Johnson or whatnot. Uh, That's what they wanted Kent Bazemore to be. If there was any role player, I probably would have bet on. Um, Kent Bazemore would have been really high up there. Like I really thought he was going to be valuable to this team for whatever reason it flamed out spectacularly and as you said I wanted them to give him another shot they gave him another shot and I understood why they weren't giving him a shot (laughs) Um, and so uh, THT I thought played well on Saturday Uh, when you're able to put someone with his size around LeBron I've I've thought he's played well with the LeBron at center lineups Russ as well Um, so it's kind of picking those small little moments where You had success here. Why was this the case? You had success here. Why was this the case? And trying to piece those things together to get to a roster at this point that, as you said, hopefully will be whole at some point. Last year scarred me, and I'm not taking – I'm not making any assumptions that that's going to be the case because last year I kept saying, oh, they'll get healthy, it's fine. They'll get healthy, it's fine. And they had, what, two games at the end of the regular season? They were healthy, and it wasn't fine. (laughs) So um, AD will eventually uh, return. Kendrick Nunn, please return at some point. (laughs) Not return. Please make your debut at some point. Um, And But, yeah, I think you can start to piece some things together you can't take a lot big picture because still big picture, like you can't play Carmelo Anthony 39 minutes. You can't play. um, You probably aren't going to play THT 30 minutes. Most nights Um, Malik Monk at 35 minutes only when he's really hot. He was really hot on Saturday. So I can see why. Um, But a lot of these guys are playing more minutes than they should then they will. So um, 
you can't take a ton of things big picture with this team. But as you said, the games still matter. Fortunately, bizarrely, they're in the crappy Western Conference, while the Eastern Conference <laughs> is the is the uh, conference this year. The Lakers are in a, a crappy Western Conference, and the fact that they are on a five-game losing streak are two games under 500, and they're still the seventh seed, and they're still a game and a half out of being the five seed. Um, so get healthy is their main thing right now. Figure some of this roster stuff out. You mentioned Isaiah Thomas, like more power to him. I think he'll get a shot somewhere. I think he should. I think he proved he has some type of value. You just have to have basically enough defenders to hide him in certain lineups. And the Lakers do not have defenders right now. Um, so I, I like Isaiah Thomas. I was happy he started well. I was hopeful, but teams kind of figured out, oh, Isaiah Thomas is here. Let's just target him. Um, and he eventually got the DMP CD. It's going to be interesting to see what they do because they could technically sign another replacement player because Rondo went into protocols, uh, health and safety protocols Sunday. It'll be, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, The fact that they haven't signed a center at this point, there aren't a ton of names out there. Jordan Bell's still out there. I think I mentioned him last week. I don't know how I didn't mention mortal enemy Harry Giles as someone the Lakers could sign. Uh, But outside of that, it gets real bleak. Um, Patrick Patterson, maybe then you could potentially look at wings, but woof, Glenn Robinson, the third Andre Roberson. I forgot he existed. That's defense if you really want it, but imagine a lineup with Roberson and Stanley Johnson on the court together. Uh, But yeah, I mean, things are, there's not a ton of options. Rondé Hollis Jefferson as well. Just make that Arizona team all over again. Um, (laughs) But I don't know. I would imagine that they're going to sign a wing. They, despite the fact that one replacement guard is leaving and Rondo is entering protocols, um, I would imagine that they're going to sign a wing, I would think. But Lord knows. I, I don't, I'm not even certain that they're going to sign anybody because like Jamario Jones is not getting playing time right now. So I'll be interested to see what they're going to do with that spot because. They have the possibility of signing someone. Whether they do, I'm not entirely certain. My offer of Monte, again, I think this is my second time addressing Monte McNair on this podcast. If you're listening, my offer of DeAndre Jordan and a second round pick for Damian Jones stands. Like, (laughs) just call Rob, tell him you heard it on here, and he'll be like, you know, that's. Not a bad idea. Thank you, random podcast man. Um, <laughs> if you have to throw like Kent Bazemore in there instead of the second round plays, the second round pick, I guess that's fine. I don't care. Like, if you're looking at it as Stanley or uh, DeAndre Jordan and Kent Bazemore for what would effectively be Damian Jones and Stanley Johnson, that's a win in my book. All right. Um, but we'll do fake trades. At some point, I'm absolutely sure. I already have a 
article up at silverscreenandroll.com if you would like to check that out. I thought um, you were going to say you already have trades saved that you're uh, ready to start <laughs> pitching to me, but I would have believed it. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard because of the situation the Lakers are in with uh, their tradable contracts and also like the limbo of is Taylor Horton Tucker good? Question mark. <laughs> um, but it, it's possible. It's possible we get... I mean, listen, if players are signing... If teams are signing 10-day contracts in the middle of the season when the 10-day contract window hasn't even officially opened yet, I, I don't know. We could have a trade deadline through the whole season. Anything is possible <laughs> in this cursed season. I, It'd be like uh, in 2K, can't you set the trade deadline to right. the, the end of the regular season? I mean, screw it. I'm down. <laughs> I wouldn't be... St- done if they did that but i would think at some point they're going to peak on the uh positive cases because morbid as it sounds like everybody's getting it at this point so um there's basically going to be run out of people to catch covid so um I would imagine the numbers will go down. I mean, just in general, the winter is always bad for illnesses and whatnot. So, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the trade deadline got pushed back. That would be, would that be your version of heaven if the trade deadline goes <laughs> all the way to the end of the regular season? I just want Woj, Shams, Chris Haynes, all of those dudes, just tweet something that isn't. Somebody entering yeah. health and safety protocols. It's getting, this is like notifications on for those guys season. And I have not turned them on yet. Cause all I see is, is the health and safety protocol stuff. So um, yeah, got a fun question mark week of Lakers basketball coming up. Stanley Johnson will play basketball again uh, on <laughs> Tuesday against the Houston Rockets. Then the Lakers got Grizzlies on Wednesday, Trailblazers on New Year's Eve. Spoiler alert, if I can help it, I will not be watching that game. Uh, <laughs> I'd say I, uh, I need mental breaks from this team, but uh, it's a winnable stretch. But yeah, the, the problem is, as I think you're about to say, they end it next week, next Sunday against the Timberwolves, who are just, they own the Lakers this year. And if uh, your New Year's Day, it's not typically a New Year's Day, that's the rough day, it's New Year's Eve. But if your New Year's Day goes well and you are able to podcast next Sunday, we'll be back. If not, uh, you know, (laughs) let's just say it's a holiday and uh, (laughs) we will fail to disclose who is the reason we're not recording. (laughs) Um, That'll do it for this week's show. Thank you all again for listening. I hope you enjoyed uh, your holiday weekend if you celebrate and uh, best of luck to all of you in the new year. See ya.